Hey Jexiteers, thanks again for stopping by. If you're new to the channel, my name is Riley and I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. And today I'm joined by David Linden. David is also a former Jehovah's Witness who faded from the organization about five years ago, but didn't start waking up until earlier this year. This is his story. I was raising the truth from uh, around the age of 10 when my mother was called on by the witnesses. Uh, she immediately took to the truth. She was going through a hard time at the time, uh, marital problems, I believe, as I've, I've learned since uh, coming out and speaking to family, uh, non-worshipping family members. Uh, she raised myself and my two younger sisters, and my father was always unbelieving, and that's how we started our journey into the doctrine of Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. Right. So um, do you remember what it was like before uh, your mum became a witness and like uh, things like Christmas and birthdays? Do you remember any of those? I do. I remember a few. Yes, we were quite a poor family growing up, so there was never anything extravagant. Um, but no, I do remember things like that and a relatively normal life before uh, the witnesses came along. So, yeah, I do remember. What was that transition like going from celebrating Christmas and birthdays to all of a sudden just not doing it anymore? I just remember doing as we were told, really. It's not something I I didn't cry about or I, I really, I didn't mourn the loss of a Christmas. I missed presents, obviously, like any child would. But at the time, we just, we followed and we did as we were told. And it just becomes your reality, doesn't it? It's just something you accept. So we all mm -hmm. adapted. And then that was just our way of life, basically. Right, right. And um, did you ever get to an age where you started to dislike the witness lifestyle or found that it made your life difficult in any way? Uh, I mean, we'll go into more detail later, but we went through some things within the, the Kingdom Hall and the organization that were very disturbing. But I wouldn't I'd say no. I'd say up until the point where I woke up, I was fully convinced it was the truth. And although I've never considered myself a people person, so the ministry was difficult. Mm. There was never a point when I doubted it. So no, I'd, I'd say I, I accepted everything, believed everything, and just literally went along for the next 20 to 25 years. Wow. Mm. Wow. So where did it all go wrong? Uh, as regards how I came out of the truth? or Yeah. So, so it's re really quite recent. So it's five years ago that I, I had a, an injury with my finger, um, where it was like a trapped nerve. So I had to have an operation here. Uh, which meant I was basically out of action for a month. I was in a cast and on strain, uh, strong medication. So I was out of the meetings for a while, and it was then that I was, I didn't I didn't fade or or wake up at that point, but because I'd had, not it wasn't a great marriage, basically. I was married very young at the age of 19, and uh, it was it was never, it was a witness marriage, you know? Yeah. Um, so at that point, after being unhappy for a long time, I started to look elsewhere, I'd say. Uh, and then, of course, I connected with worldly folk, predominantly through a, a karaoke app, funnily enough. Oh, wow. Tell, tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I um, I love singing. So I got into Smule, the app is. Bit of a oh, I've heard of it. Big yeah. promo there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I kind of made a name for myself there, and I connected with a lot of people and made a lot of friends. and. Um, yeah, I just started building a network there without intending to. Before I knew it, I'd uh, I'd found people I'd want, I'd want to spend time with. And then I never really went back from that point, from being off with my arm. 
I never really connected again uh, with mm. the truth. So I'd say I started to fade from that point. If I'm, you know, if I'm being honest. Right. But it was more of an, an incidental or unintentional fade. It just something Absolutely. that gradually happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I'd been miserable for a long time, mainly because of my uh, marriage, not really down to the truth, I didn't think. Uh, but no, it was a case of I'm unhappy, uh, I'm at home, I'm bored. And then I just started to look for things to make me happy. And before you know it, the world showed up. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So what, what happened next? How did that situation evolve? So during that time, uh, the marriage completely fell apart, really. Um, uh, we did have a, a child because it's something we talked about for a long time When because you know, we tried to reconnect over, off and on, off and on. Mm. Tried to make the marriage work, but it never really worked. But we had my son, uh, which, of course, I'm very happy about because he's my world. Um, but it wasn't long before we completely, the marriage just completely broke down. Uh, we we kind of went our separate ways. And then it was about five years after the point where I started to fade that I decided after meeting someone else a while ago and uh, had a baby on the way with that person that I wanted to go back to the truth. So I contacted the elders and I told them, um, this is what I've done. I know I've sinned, but I really want to come back. I've always believed it's the truth. Can I please have a study and take whatever, whatever steps are necessary to come back and uh, rejoin Jehovah's family. So that's, that's what happened in November last year. Wow. Wow. Can I ask what, what prompted you to want to go back? Uh, partly because my secret was going to be out anyway, you know, with a living, breathing baby, it's kind of hard to <laughs> <laughs> pretend it's anything else, you know? Mm. Um, so my family didn't know about, I mean, they knew that I'd faded, but they didn't know anything about my life. Really. I was, I was, I was okay. I was living an okay life, but, um, I was, even for those five years, I was completely miserable and I'd say more miserable because when you're physically out mentally in, it's almost like torture because mm. you can't enjoy anything. You can't appreciate anything. Everything has a bitter taste because you think, oh, what's the point? I'm going to die soon. I know I'm going to die. And you kind of feel like, oh, this temporary enjoyment of sin just isn't really worth it. Um, so I didn't, I wasn't happy. So I thought, no, I want to go back. I want to make things right. Uh, and rejoin Jehovah, and that's what that was the plan. So in November, I contacted the elders and say, "Please let me let me back in." Basically, I can identify a lot with what you said about being physically out but mentally in. Mm. And I, I was in that situation for just over a year, about a year and a half, so nowhere near as long as you were. And it's not something I would wish on my worst enemy. <laughs> it's awful. It's it absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Mm. And um, this was during COVID as well. For me and um i thought that this was like the signs of the great tribulation coming <laughs> same with me <laughs> yeah yeah you know, i said the same to my ex-wife i i told her that we wouldn't recover from this i thought mm. this was the i thought this was what would crumble the world economy basically mm. which would trigger something else trigger something else so i was absolutely telling her even though i'd faded i was telling her this is the beginning of the great tribulation mm. <laughs> so after you reached out to the elders and you know asked them to basically to come back and you confessed you confessed 
your quote unquote sins. <laughs> um, what, what was? How did they treat you? What, what? How did they deal with you? And it was strange because I, I asked for a study. I really, really wanted a study. I mean, obviously there was nothing new that I could really learn because once you've been in, I think it's about a year of being in the in the organization and you learn everything. You know, mm. then then it's just on a loop. But I still wanted to study and I wanted to reconnect and humble myself basically. Um, but nothing happened for a long time. I think through November, December, and it was the end of January that I got a phone call and they're saying that they couldn't meet me because of COVID. And then they said, you know, you, we need to have a judicial uh, committee with you and go through that process, which I agreed to. I said, okay, well, can we not do it over Zoom? And they said, no, no, we can't do that. And I said, well, what about people who are in prison? You know, who can't get to the meetings. How do they go through this process? And they just says, that's the instruction. It wasn't until afterwards I realized it's because people can record uh, what goes on on a screen. So they were just trying to avoid that. Right. I didn't re I didn't realize that at the time. So I, I kind of conceded. I kept asking for a study. They kept saying no, not until the judicial committee. And then eventually they called me with a date. They said, okay, we're allowed to meet in person now for your judicial. And I, but at that point, because they kept refusing me a study, I studied myself, which was the fatal error for them because – it was purely studying the Bible, which really woke me up. You know, when you study with a witness, they 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 slant it and they put a color on it that makes you see something else. But when you do it on your own, with a, with an open mind, then it's game set match. Really, you can't come back from that. Wow! So I started to study, and I partially woke up and had questions for them, and I just wanted to get to the bottom of things. So. By the time they said, uh, would you like your judicial, you can come in now, I said, yeah, I'd like to come in, but I, I, there are things I want to get off my chest, and I have questions, and I want to chat. And they absolutely flat out refused to talk to me. After several attempts, They, in the end, they said the words, we're not interested in chit-chat, we're following the rules, you have to come in for your judicial committee, and then we can uh, see where we're at after that. And I was just, at that point, I was like, I'm 50-50 whether this is even real, I'm not going to go through that ridiculously long embarrassing painful process for then realize it's all a load of nonsense anyway so i didn't show up to my judicial told them i wasn't going and that was the end of it i haven't heard from them since in march that was so during your study of the bible what kind of things did you see that started or what kind of things did you learn that, that made you start questioning the religion well i literally didn't get out of genesis <laughs> it was um it was literally as soon as the first half of Genesis and you realized well, this is absolute ridiculous nonsense. I even, um, I found ways to even prove that maybe the flood happened uh, because they used the reasoning like with the creation that Moses was essentially transported back in time uh, or shown how the earth was formed, which is why he might see that sequence that it was shown through the eyes of a human. And that's how that's how we wrote it down. And I even thought, well, with the flood, maybe that's how that worked. That he was Moses was essentially transported to then, and he he described it as he could see it as a human. And then, yeah, the world would look like it flooded. Every animal would appear to be on the ark because they're the only animals you've known. Um, but then I did more research. I checked JW uh, org, the library, and just none of it made sense. You can't square it. There's no way on earth that that can be real. And then, of course, the accounts with Lot and his, wife, his daughters being sent out ahead of the good-looking angels. It's just, 
it's embarrassing to now it's embarrassing for me to know that i actually believed it once upon a time yeah couple that with uh i had a saw a news article which really uh, opened my eyes about cave paintings being forty-five thousand years old um of people hunting and there's again there's no way you can square it even if it was satan who got in there and scribbled these cave paintings it was some thirty-nine thousand years before he rebelled for one, um, they wouldn't have survived the flood if there was a flood, uh, and they wouldn't have been uh, eating meat at that point. So why would they draw hunt people hunting? There's just it was the Bible woke me up, if I'm honest. Mm. By the end of it, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. So um, you didn't turn up to your judicial committee, correct? And uh, so what hap What is your situation now? Are you disfellowshipped? Did they disfellowship you in absentia? They did, yes. Um, I told them I wasn't going to the judicial unless I could talk to them. Uh, and they said no. And I even said, well, what if I'm sat here, you know, threatening to hurt myself? Would you talk to me? And they just said no. So They actually said no to that said, question. To that, that's when they said, we're not interested in having a chit-chat. We have to do the judicial. And I, at that point, I says, well, you know, you're, you're kind of a stickler for the rules here. If I was, if Jesus was in the room, and scribes and Pharisees are in the room. Would they both? Would they all say no? We can't talk to you until you follow the rules. I'm sure Jesus, if he wasn't uh, not a made-up character, because I know not everyone believes that, but if he if he was who they say he is, I'm sure he would say yes. Let's have a chat. Of and course, it, it could be a ten-minute-long chat. Who knows? It would be the scribes and Pharisees that would say no. We can't talk to you until you go through this step, this step, this step. And they, they said, well, yes, Jesus would do that because that's what he's doing today through his organization. So at that point, I just gave up and I thought, you can't wake people up. They have to wake themselves up. So I said, okay, well, I'm not interested in coming to, to be judged at this point. I don't think that's going to be good for my mental health. Um, there's no benefit, so I won't be showing up. And then that was it. Then they disfellowshipped me the week after and haven't heard a peep since. That, that is absolutely crazy. I mean... <laughs> I mean, when, when you are a Jehovah's Witness, you, you, you think that all of these rules and all of this, you know, these procedures, you think that they're helpful and that they're there for a good reason. But it's only after waking up and looking back on it, you see just how crazy it is. And not just crazy, but so far removed from the mm. principles in the Bible itself. Yeah, they've become the, the, the scribes and Pharisees. Simple, yeah. as, simple as that. Yeah, but they can't see that, of course. So. No, no, no. Definitely not. Oh man, I, I'm I'm blown away by the fact that they they said no, even if you were there, for, you know, about to harm yourself, that they wouldn't talk to you. It's crazy. I mean, they're supposed to be shepherds, you know. Exactly. I mean, remember that illustration of the um, um, which one of you who had a sheep that fell in a ditch wouldn't on the yeah. Sabbath go and pull it out? Exactly. You know, what about the principle of that parable? Well, the prodigal son, you know. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a million miles away from even where they say they should be. You know, exactly. It's, it's a lost organization, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, what did it feel like learning that you were disfellowshipped? I mean, it sucked at first because it really stung. Um, and of course, I lost contact with my mother and my two sisters, both of which uh, I said my goodbyes to at the time. So, I didn't, I didn't like it. I mean, now it's not that much. Uh, you know, 
it was only a few months ago, reality. But now I'm very grateful that the elders were so harsh and so cold of me. Because the truth is, I might still be there if they'd have had that chat, you know? Mm. So I'm, I'm lucky that they were so bad at their spiritual job, to be honest. Yeah. So, so now I feel good. I'm glad to be out. I'm uh, wanting to become an activist, but there's my drone I like to play with. There's so much on Netflix. It's really hard to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I will. I will. I'll start yeah. making silly videos on uh, TikTok and I will become an activist. <laughs> oh, no. Don't stop making silly videos on TikTok. I absolutely love your videos on TikTok. Uh, and I'll be fun. sure to include a link in the description as well to your <laughs> TikTok account. Thank you. Thank your you, videos man. are really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're very cathartic, I must say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you said about um, being glad that the elders were so harsh with you, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, when I was disfellowshipped, I was absolutely devastated. And I remember feeling like, um, have you seen that movie? Um, oh, what's it called again? Uh, the one with Sandra Bullock, where she's an astronaut. Oh, um, Gravity. Gravity, yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember feeling like an astronaut who had become untethered from the shuttle. Oh, yeah. You're just adrift. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do it's just blackness in, when you look in every direction mm. and uh that's what it felt like for me being being disfellowshipped it was yeah yeah but, you're, um, on, you're on your own aren't you exactly you're completely alone but i remember speaking to uh, a friend who uh, a non-witness friend about the whole thing and they sh and she was like how is this loving mm. this isn't loving and I actually tried to defend the disfellowshipping arrangement to her. Mm. <laughs> That's how mentally in I still was. I was trying to defend the arrangement and trying to defend the fact that I was disfellowshipped. Yeah, you know? I did the same when I was uh, faded in those five years, which were torturous, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I often defended the truth. Yeah. The organization. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd stand up for it. I'd even... When people brought up evolution, I'd, I'd say, no, God created the earth. Uh, evolution's a, a lie. And when they said, uh, even when people brought up the the issues with pedophiles and mm. everything like that, I'd even then I'd defend them and say, that line, well, it happens in every organization. Yeah. You know, obviously by that point, I hadn't seen the Royal Commission. Uh, and I've, I mean, I've got experience with, which we can come to uh, abuse in my family. And even after that, I've still, I still accepted it. You know, that's mm. how powerful this brainwashing is. I even yeah. married into the family that was involved with the abuse. Oh, that, wow. That's how uh, you're taught to forgive and forget, yeah. aren't you? And it's powerful. You know, they, they decide who you're going to be basically. And that's what happened yeah. with me and my family. Wow. If it's not too sensitive a subject, please um, tell us about um, the whole abuse situation. I mean, it's pretty horrific, but now it's fine. Uh, so while my mom was studying, uh, within the first year of her coming into contact, um, there was a, a young chap, he's about 17 years old at the time, who ended up being my brother-in-law. Uh, he took my sister up to the top room of the Kingdom Hall, who was three, like three and a half at the time, and just totally sexually abused her right there and he was 17 he was 17 yeah eldest son oh my goodness horrific absolutely horrific um and you'd have thought that'd be enough to take us out like she was only studying she wasn't even baptized at this point my mom 
uh, he went. He did go through the elders. They um, they dealt with it. I don't think he wasn't baptized at the time, so he wasn't disfellowshipped. It wasn't really broadcast. I know the congregation didn't know because they wanted to keep the peace of the congregation. Mm. Um, but worst of it, my mother didn't tell my father what happened. So he he's he's died now, but he lived his whole life not knowing what happened. And if he had, she had told him, he would have just taken us out. You know, he wouldn't have let us yeah. go back to that place where the police weren't contacted. There was no real punishment. It was just a case of, oh, this happens. We have to learn to forgive, you know. And, of course, my sister had all sorts of mental health problems since then. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, we were so indoctrinated. We forgave them. Forgave because my sister was accused of lying, even though she was three and a half. So her, the abuser's family just called her a liar, this little girl. And she grew up kind of confused. And some people believed like families, some people believe them, some people believed her. And and then eventually, I mean, he, he then tried to, I don't know if he tried to abuse me, but there was a point I remember when I was at his house, because um, I was friends with my ex-wife, who is his brother, obviously. Uh, I was at his house, and for some strange reason, he just walked in naked. And at this point, he's about, eight, he's about 18, and I'm about 15, 16. Uh, I just thought it was weird. I just thought it was strange. So then he sat, sat down next to me. Then I've got a memory blank, so I don't know what happened. But I do remember throwing a beanbag, his beanbags, and uh, he was winded, and then I just ran out of the room. Oh, my so, goodness. I mean, it could have been nothing. I don't know. It's strange because at the time, it's just I'm a kid still. I just didn't think anything of it. But looking back now, I'm annoyed and angry that, we weren't taken away from that situation. It was never dealt with. And I was put in that position again because I don't even blame my mom. I blame the doctrine because some things you just shouldn't forgive and forget like that. It doesn't work that way, does it? And, of course, we did and we had to. And before you know it, we at least I was potentially in danger again, you know. Strange. Wow. But, so that happened. Um, uh, and... I didn't even know that it had been covered up from my father until one of my closing messages with my mother before I was disfellowshipped. I wanted to know, did you tell my dad? And she blamed me, basically. She says, well, you didn't you didn't tell him, so why should I have told him? I mean, I was 10 at the time, you know. Goodness me. So at that point, I said, okay, well, disfellowshipping or not, I don't really want anything to do with you. So regardless of where I am, religious, religion-wise, I'm happy to not have her in my life, you know. So I'm so not, sorry that you and your sister yeah. went through all of that. Well, it was her. She went. Oh, she's had real issues, like uh, uh, mental health issues, because of it. So she's the one that suffered per se. It's more, more a case of I dodged a bullet, I think, more than mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Oh goodness me, that's absolutely horrendous. And I think the the fact that you had a, a memory blackout about the whole incident is is very telling as well. Yeah, I just hope nothing happened in that blackout. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. But uh, yeah, if, what I don't know can't hurt me. So I just remember winding him and he was in the fetal position on the floor. So I won that one, I think. Mm. Do, do you know if he went on to abuse anyone else later in life? So later in life, he uh, got disfellowship for being a homosexual, which is really confusing as he abused a, a, you know, a small girl. I don't know what happened there, but he uh, then 
left and went to Australia, where he's lived since. So fortunately for him, he's out of the country, you know, because mm-hmm. where I am now, obviously, if I ever met him, we'd have harsh words, to say the least. Of course. Yeah. It just goes to show how this organization's priorities are just so messed up because he got this fellowship for being gay. Yeah. But not for being a paedophile. Yeah. So in the eyes of the organization, being a, a, a being gay is worse than being a paedophile. Well, being gay isn't really a sin, is it, as much for them? It's a case of, well, if you're a homosexual, then you are. There's something seriously wrong with you. If you're a paedophile, you've made a mistake. So yeah, it's, uh, it is messed up, 100%. And... It's like I said, but I'm, I accepted it, didn't I? I knew this. I was an adult when I left. Um, I defended it, but that's the thing. It's that powerful. You do. Even when you've been through it, you'll still defend it, which is yeah. just crazy. Yeah, yeah. So what is your life like now? Where where are you? It's really good. So um, I'm fortunate because I, uh, I don't know whether there's like a, a fail-safe, but I built, built a business before while I was in the, the organization, uh, which actually was an all witness company. We had 12, 13 witnesses with us at one point. Um, so I fortunately, financially I'm okay. I haven't got to worry about uh, losing my job or having to restart a career or anything. So I'm able to, I'm basically semi-retired at this point, which is very fortunate at age 37. Um, I do still have, all my family is still employed by me, which is really strange because uh, you know, they actively avoid me at work even. Wow. My mom, me, fortunately I don't have to go in much because I'm fairly retired, but when I have gone in, I mean, I'm blanked by my own mother just as she'll walk past me, not make eye contact. And which is strange because, you know, in a work, you're allowed to, in a work environment, speak to disfellowship ones because you have to, but she kind of goes out of her way to even in that situation. And it's risky because it's not acceptable behavior for an employee, you know. Of course really. not. But I just wow, at that, the moment, that situation must be so awkward. Uh, more so for them now because I'm just past it, you know. Mm. Like I said, if if they've got a problem, they can leave, and then they've got to find new jobs. It's not me that's going to get hurt by that situation. Yeah. Uh, but I I tend to just avoid the office, to be honest, just to avoid the the hassle now. Um, yeah, it's just not nice knowing that they're actively going out of their way to follow the doctrine, you know, mm, mm. but that's their choice. Nothing I can do. It's not in my control. The, the, the whole shunning thing, not only is it barbaric, I don't think that's too strong a word to use. It's, it's almost comical. It's, mm. it's ridiculously comical as well. Childish. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're their boss. <laughs> and, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, yeah. you pay their wages and they won't talk to you in the office. No, really strange. And, it, and of course, it's not a great witness, using that phrase, to other employees that aren't in the organization because mm. they see it and they must think, oh, you know, what's that about? That doesn't make sense. In fact, there was one of them studying who's uh, who stopped, fortunately. So nothing to do with me. I didn't speak to him, but... He's, I think he realized, uh, you know, it's not something he wants to be part of. And yeah. they're, up, they're up against the internet now, aren't they? Because you can Google everything. And yeah. ultimately, I think that'll be their demise. So at least uh, absolutely, he was saved, at least. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, this mm. organization was not built for no. the internet age. It wasn't. I mean, 
I, I actively try to avoid calling it a religion because I don't believe it actually is. I think it's 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 a business that just mm. uses masquerades as a religion for yeah. you know for certain advantages. Mm. But uh, even the business is is you know if you look at it strictly as a business, it's it's a dying business model. It was based on the whole the old door to door salesman model of like the nineteen fifties, mm. and that doesn't work anymore. No. It'd be very, very interesting to see what they do about the Zoom meetings and going back mm. looking more because they are suspiciously delaying that, you know. So we'll see. Maybe they're going to change their model and they're using this as an opportunity to do that. We'll see. It's possible. It's possible. Mm. But either way, I mean, people are just leaving in droves. Mm. I mean, um, the, actually, any minute now, we should be getting the, uh, the, the service report for the last service year. That'd be interesting. That will be very interesting, mm. but the, the previous one showed the first decline since the seventies. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they'll so just blame it, that on COVID, though. Most likely, I think, won't they? Just they, say that. Yeah, they, mm. they they would. I mean, COVID sure is plays a part, but I don't think that tells the whole picture. No, but it would be interesting to see if there's another decline, like two successive years. Yeah, we can hope. Decline. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. We can yeah. only hope. So can I ask what kind of things are you interested in now or do you like to do that you wouldn't have been able to do as a witness? Um, I love movies, always have. Uh, horror movies, I love. Uh, but I watch those all through, to be honest. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't really changed that. Um, parties are fun, of course. Mm. I mean, we did do a little bit of that on the side. So me and my me and some brothers, um, who I'd love to mention by name because... There's no way they'd be elders now if uh, the rest of the body knew what they got up to on these parties. <laughs> uh, what am I doing different? Um, I'm not living in sin, really, like they they say you would. I mean, I, I didn't really hobby wise. I was fairly, you know, I was fairly okay. There wasn't anything extreme I was doing before that I can do now that I didn't. Um, I mean, one thing from a like a work perspective, I only like I built this business just to get out of window cleaning. Really, that was my motivation. <laughs> but now I'm in a position where I'm thinking, oh, okay, so I'm going to be around for the next forty years, hopefully. Uh, maybe I should make a thing of this, and I should really expand and try and be successful and all these things. So now I'm my thinking has completely changed towards my secular life. So that's that's fun to be honest to be in a position now where I've got challenges that I didn't have before. Um, I can now look at apostate videos on the internet, which is great because <laughs> I know even when I was waking up, I didn't look at a single apostate video. I wanted to avoid any kind of emotionally biased arguments mm. in a third party capacity, and and I'm proud to say I did that. And then I and then after I woke up. I then went online and watched your content and Lloyd's content and several others. And then that confirmed everything I'd done on my own. And I feel that was the healthy way to wake up really. So I'm quite happy about the, how that worked. And now I'm an avid uh, subscriber to your channels and the others. So it's, it's great being able to watch that stuff and constantly be reaffirmed that yes, I did the right thing. And also to mentally prepare myself for conversations that I hope to have one day with various elders uh, former friends, former family members, etc. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. So I'm so pleased to see that you're doing well and that um, 
the world hasn't chewed you up and spat you out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's them that chew you up, really. And then, then they spat, yeah. spat me out. But no, the uh, I mean, I've had, you know, relationship troubles, as anybody does, does and they're difficult. Um, but uh, as Jay-Z said, now I've got 99 problems. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I can listen to Jay-Z now, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. No worries. Nice talking to you story. too. Great. Welcome. Thank you. And thank you viewers for tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the channel with notifications and click the like button as well if you like this video. Please proceed to the Jexit in an orderly fashion and I'll see you in the Thank next you one. so much for watching to the very end of the video. If you haven't already done so, please like, leave a comment and subscribe to the channel. If you like my work and want to help me continue doing it, please support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jexit underscore 2020. And with that, I'd like to sincerely thank these very special patrons who make these videos possible.